Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. That don't worry about finding the answers. Just explore. So if you feel something, go with it, try it out, figure out how you feel about it, and then go to the next thing too. We're all unique individuals. We all have our own purpose in life. We all have our own unique destiny. So it sounds kind of stupid to compare yourself with somebody else's unique destiny. No one's going to be able to help you figure out what your purpose is in a conversation. You have to figure that out through exploration. So you have to try different things. Shea Stone is an author, life coach, and animator at Walt Disney Animation Studio. She earned her bachelor's degree in computer animation at Full Sail University and has been working professionally in the film, television, and game industry for over 11 years. In the animation industry, Shay is known for her intangible acting skills, which relate to her lifetime obsession with human behavior and psychology. She's recently written a book, Be Better Than You, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Enjoy today's episode with today's personal purpose, Shay Stone. Hello, Shay Stone, and welcome to People of Purpose podcast. Wonderful to see your smiling face today. Awesome. Thank you for having me, man. I'm very excited about this conversation. Yeah, definitely. I've never, I've never personally talked to an animator, um, especially like an animator at the highest level and an animator that's into the personal development, empowerment type of industry. Um, I'm really excited to kind of see your unique perspective on, on the, you know, the purpose journey in life. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, it's so interesting because when people think about animation and then they think about like personal development, they think it's something far-fetched and there's a huge gap between the two. So people always ask me, they're like, you know, how did you get into uh, personal development? How do you get to life coaching? And you're an animator, you've been an animator for so long, but um, the things that you have to know to be an animator, you know, our job is to study human behavior. You know, our job is to understand the nuances and intricacies of human behavior and thought processes and emotional uh, emotional and spiritual physicality and anatomy is like we and at the highest level so um, when you think about that and you think about life coaching and personal development it actually goes hand in hand and it's, and it's a very key skill to have when you're when you're trying to uh, empower people to move in the next direction of their lives yeah wow exactly um have you always wanted to be an animator growing up and like you know what, what are you doing now today? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, no, yeah, I, I've, I've been wanting to be an animator since I was seven years old. Yeah, I used to I used to watch Disney movies all the time. I loved watching Aladdin, which is my favorite movie, um, Lion King. And when I saw Toy Story, like all hell broke loose at that point. Like I loved it so much. And like this, I, it was just, I was just overwhelmed with excitement and happiness. And I knew that I wanted to be a part of whatever that was. Now, I didn't know what animation was uh right off the bat but uh, i just knew i wanted to be a part of that and it's it stuck with me throughout my childhood and obviously throughout the rest of my life and um so yeah i i've, I've been wanting to be a disney animator since i was a kid and um thank god here i am now 
So you're one of those kids that like you made this big dream when you were like a kid and the dream has come true in adulthood. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot that's gone into that. Right. So obviously we'll get into the, the nitty gritty of it, but um, yeah, if you, from seven years old, uh, I had the dream to, to do that. And thankfully, you know, uh, when I was a kid, my mom, she allowed me to evolve. Right. Because as a seven year old kid, you know, I wasn't stuck or disciplined, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to be an animator and that's it. And my whole life is figured out at seven years old. You know, I got into other things too. Right. So I got into basketball. I liked doing hair. I liked playing in the band. I played a couple of different instruments, you know, and I was really into it. Right. So I had a lot of different dreams. Uh, but when it came when it came down to it, right, when the rubber met the road and the rubber met the road was actually my mother saying, OK, what do you want to do with your life? Right. Because now we need to start preparing mentally, physically. Right. We need to start figuring out what school you want to go to and kind of preparing ourselves for that. And uh, this conversation came when I was 13 years old. So at the age of 13 is actually when I had it all figured out. I knew what school I wanted to go to. I knew what I wanted to be. I knew what an animator was at that point. And I knew like studios and what, what that meant. And at that point, I knew in my heart, I decided I wanted to be an animator at Disney. Wow, that's beautiful. So like, um, so it sounds like your mother played a really key role, like being able oh, to. Huge one. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think she did that was like such good parenting at that young age that helped you find your sense of purpose? Right. I think um, I think the biggest thing with my mom is is giving me that freedom. Right. As a child, you know, I think a lot of a lot of parents, they operate in fear of, you know, wanting their kid to be set up for life. Right. Or even wanting their kid to know what they want to do. And on top of that, what is that thing that they want to be? Because, you know, back in the day, I'm not so sure that's an issue. That's so much of an issue now. But back in the day, being an artist was not something that was acceptable, right? If you tell your parents, oh, I want to be a painter, or I want to be an artist of some sort, they'll say, no, that's an extracurricular activity, right? That's a hobby. That's not a career choice, right? So it was much harder to actually say, this is what I want to do. So that's one factor that my mom kind of allowed me the freedom to know that that's what I wanted to be. And she didn't dismiss it. Right. She didn't try to get me to want to be a doctor or get me to want to be an accountant like she was or something st stable, you know. Um, so having that freedom and then also having the freedom to, like I said, evolve, you know, so she knew I loved animation, but she didn't make me stick to it. Right. Where some mm -hmm. parents do that. Some parents be like, oh, this is what you love. So, you know, I'm going to make you draw. I'm going to make you watch movies all the time. I'm going to make you analyze movies with me. And, you know, and they start forcing the kid into that space just because the kid said they liked it. It's like, but the kids can also like other things. And that's where my mom stepped in and she just allowed me to explore. Right. Because she understood. And just as well as I understand now and what I teach with coaching and my clients is that you find your purpose and your passion through exploration. Right. So, Right. You. Um, so my mom did a, a fantastic job in allowing me to do that. And then once I got to high school and this is when I was 13 years old, once I got to high school, that's when she said, OK, let's start to narrow it down because we need to have a plan for after you graduate high school. Yeah. So it sounds like you you believe that there's a truth in finding your purpose and passion through the exploration process. Can you unpack that that a little bit? Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's so interesting because I talk about it in my book as well, you know, a lot of people, they get focused on finding the answers, right? So mm -hmm. let me back up a little bit, you know, because obviously we're in this 
we're in this stage now in our society and our culture, especially after the impact of COVID, where, you know, a lot of people, they want to figure out how to become the leaders of their lives, right? They want to figure out what their passion and their purpose is so they can walk into that, you know, and, and get empowered and not worry about what happens in the physical world, right? Because after COVID and even before COVID, but more so afterwards, people got hit, right? The outside world determined what happened in their world. And now everybody's trying to figure out how to get out of that, right? So now passion and purpose is trending because people are like, oh, I want to find my passion. What is it? And I think it's so important. And what I try to teach in my book too, is that it's not about finding the answers. You're not going to find the answer. You're not going to think about it you know, one day and say, oh, this is my purpose. No one's going to be able to help you figure out what your purpose is in a conversation. You have to figure that out through exploration. So you have to try different things and then figure out how you feel about those different things and have an understanding of why you feel the way that you feel uh, when you're interacting with these things or these situations, right? And then once you have those answers, you know, and then you can say, okay, is this what I want to do? Is this something that's pulling me? Do I forget about time when I'm interacting with this certain situation or this certain person or uh, when I'm doing something, do I forget to eat? You know, am I obsessed with this? Can I, can I stop thinking about it? Right. Uh, Do you ever have space to not think about that thing? And once you get to those points, when you can't pull away, that's when, you know, you're writing in your purpose. Right. Yeah. And that's something that you need to entertain. So even going back to, like I said, with my mom, she allowed that exploration to happen. She allowed me to evolve and allowed me to kind of uh, associate myself with different subjects, right? To see what I interacted with the most, what I responded to the most. So I teach that in my book as well, is that don't worry about finding the answers, just explore. So if you feel something, go with it, try it out, figure out how you feel about it, and then go to the next thing too. Right. Take time mm-hmm. to do that. You know, and there's a wonderful example by uh, Victor Franco uh, in Man's Search for Meaning. I don't know if you read it, but uh, one of the things he says is uh, when you're talking about chess, he was like, you wouldn't ask a master chess player. Hey, what's the best move in the world? Because you already know the answer is, well, it depends. Right. Mm-hmm. It depends on what move is made prior and what move was made prior to that. Finding your purpose is the same. It's the same process. It depends. You know, what's your purpose? Well, I don't know. Have you tried this? Oh, no, I haven't tried. I think I like, okay, well, try that first. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. and then try that other thing. Right. And then you'll start to figure out how to move within that. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. So in in your personal life, um, it sounds like you were opening a lot of doors and I would imagine you had a lot of, you know, you went to a lot of experiences that didn't really fulfill you and felt draining or felt exhausting. You never got trapped in any of those things because society or culture or whatever told you to stay there. You really trusted your your sense of like flow. Yeah, I think that I think that's a big thing is tr- is is trusting that. You know, so I did get into mm-hmm. a situation, and you know, this is kind of a defining moment in my story that I I say all the time. I talk about it in my book because this was my moment for me. You know, so it's it has to be brought up when I actually decided that I was, you know, at 13 and when I had it all figured out, you know, I knew what school I wanted to go to. And that school was called Full Sail University. Uh, And the plan was to go to Full Sail University after high school. Right. So Full Sail University was where I was going to go to learn computer animation and become an animator. You know, a lot of people went to the school, they made it into these big studios, they worked on movies. So when I, when I recognized that this school even existed, I knew I was like, okay, this is, 
this is it, right? Because this is going to propel me to my dreams, right? This is going to help me, right? Um, so after high school, I got cold feet, right? I, I got scared. I, I really talked myself into not wanting to go anymore, right? I had a fear of, I had a fear of failing. I had a fear of success. I had a fear of leaving home, right? Which it, that called for me to do so. And, uh, and I remember, I remember trying to talk my mom into accepting the fact that I didn't want to go anymore, but I wanted her to be okay with it. Not knowing that I actually had a fear about it. Right. I just tried to like veer her into something else. So there was this community college that was just up the road. <laughs> right. And uh, and I told her, I was like, hey, you know, I'm thinking, how about I go to this community college, you know, kind of get my feet wet a little bit. And then in two years, once I'm done with this, uh, with this program, I'll go to full sale. Right. So my mom, she's looking at me and she's like, uh, um, OK, you know, like wondering if I'm full of shit or not. Right. So she's just like, yeah. OK. This, I understand that you, you know the, what a big deal going to full sale is. So I know you wouldn't put that on the back burner purposely. You know, that's, at least that's what she's thinking. So, and maybe you do just want to get your feet wet. Maybe you're fearing living home a little bit. She understood all of that. She didn't talk about it, but she just looked at me. And she was like, you know, okay, fine. We can do that, right? So in two years, you're going to full sale right after this community college, right? So fast forward two years later, I graduate from the community college and I bring up the same thing again. I try to talk her into me staying at this community college and just finishing my education there. Don't go to full sale. Finish my education at the community college. So my plan was to catch her off guard because we've already had this conversation two years prior, right? So I knew this time she would know that I'm full of it, <laughs> right? I would. I knew this time she would know I was letting fear drive me, and that yeah. and that was fear for me in itself because I already felt like a loser. Right. I already felt already knew that I was giving in to fear, but I didn't want to actually face it or really acknowledge it in my own mind. I knew what I was feeling, but I didn't want to acknowledge it. So I, I thought to myself, if I could just figure out how to talk her into it and make her accept the fact that I don't want to go to full sale anymore, that I am giving up on my dreams, that I am fearful without actually having to say that, that would be good for me because that means I don't have to acknowledge it at all because I'm already not acknowledging it. I'm trying to figure out how to sell her to get validation for me yeah. giving in to fear, if that makes sense. Totally. So, yep. uh, so one day I was thinking, I was like, what's the best way to do this? Without the conversation lasting too long, I wanna catch her off guard so she doesn't have time to react in the way that I think she's going to, right? So one day I caught her going in the, uh, walking down the hallway. So I just told her, I was, just, I was like, hey, hey mom, you know, that was me catching her off guard. She was just like, what? Or she like halfway turns around. And I told her, I said, hey, you know, so I'm thinking that I'll just, continue my education at ECPI, which was the community college. And she said, um, she said, do they have computer animation? And I was like, no, I was like, no, they have simulation and game programming. And then she just kind of looked at me. She was like, is that computer animation? And I was like, well, no, but I think it's kind of the same. I didn't actually know if it was kind of the same. And she's like, she just looked at me with the most serious and even tone you can imagine she just looked me dead in the eye and she said well that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard wow and she turned around and she walked away and left me standing there in the hallway didn't say <laughs> and i just had to stand there dude i just had to stand there and it was the most defining moment of my life because i was literally 
experiencing fear driving me. I experienced me uh, capitulating to the fear, right? And just giving up on my dreams and giving up on everything because I didn't have to face it. And I was hoping that she would just accept it and this would be okay. And I wouldn't have to experience it, but she made it even worse. And I tried to make the conversation and the interaction even faster. So it wouldn't hit as hard. And it hit like triple times as hard, right? Because she just sat there and she said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And she turned around and she walked away. And, uh, and I just, I felt like such a loser, like the biggest loser. And at that point in my life, I've never let peer, fear uh, paralyze me ever again because I saw what it was doing. Yeah. That is such a powerful story. Thank you so much for sharing it like that. Yeah. I think that's incredibly relatable. What, man, so what was going on that was driving, what was the fear about? You were avoiding your destiny or it was like, did you actually have something else you were kind of chasing that you felt like, you know, not 100% committed to the computer animation? What was going on? The thing is, uh, there was there were layers of fear, right? And then there was also a lot of layers of comfort too. You know, I had just graduated high school, right? And even after that, going to the community college, it was right up the road, so it didn't disrupt my life or my flow at all. It was pretty easy too. It was, and and to be honest, there was even a level of comfort in that because nothing nothing was riding on that. Going to full sale for computer animation to be an animator. There was a lot riding on that because that's what I wanted so bad. I wanted it so bad that I knew if I went, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be riding on the edge all the time. And what if this doesn't work? What if it does work? What if this is not actually doable? What if I go to this school and nothing happens? I graduate and then that's it, yeah. right? Nothing happens from that. What if I don't end up at Disney? You know, what if I never work on a movie? Like there was a lot in that. So me going to ECPI, the community college, nothing wrote on that. I was just going to get my feet wet. That was the goal. Let me go to this college, get my feet wet, prepare myself for the college life, then go to full sale. So there was comfort in that. You know, I also had friends. I had a job. I was working at Dollar Tree at the time, you know, so I was making a little money there, you know, and it was disposable income. So I was, and I was living with my mom, right? So everything was comfortable. Me and my friends, we used to hang out all the time. I even had a girlfriend at the time. Like life was just comfortable and mediocre and it was good. I had nothing riding on anything, right? So uh, I knew going to full sell, it was going to put me in a position where um, I was anxious, right? And there was a lot of uncertainty, and I wasn't really sure how to handle that. So that that was the fear. Gotcha. Wow, that's well articulated. So when when you feel that anxiety that like, you know, there's a lot riding on this, you're riding on the edge, as you said. Um, it. What about your, was it your mother that, that came in and disrupted that? Or do you think you would have figured it out on your own? What, what got I you to say, I'm willing to step out on the edge like this? I would not have figured it out on my own. It was that, it was that, I call it the hallway incident <laughs> because she just like tore me into shreds at that moment in my life. If it wasn't for that, I truly, truly, truly do not believe I would be the person I am today. Wow. It was, it was me facing that, her, her doing that to me. And, you know, and some, some people might even hear a story like that and think that that was the wrong way to go. You know, like, oh, your child is coming to you. There's it's obviously they're scared. Obviously, they're nervous. You know, maybe this is when they need handholding. You know, this was a this was a yeah. situation that could have easily needed some handholding, some massaging. Right. Um, some baby. It's going to be OK. Some talk like that. But my mother, she she's so intuitive and she knows how to raise her children. 
she knew that's what I needed. You know, yeah. she knew what she, she, and it's very important to know your children's personality and know what they need, even if it's going to put them into a tough love situation. And that's exactly what it was. So if it wasn't for her kind of making me deal with that on my own and initiating that I have to deal with it on my own because she's not into it. Right. She, like, she called bullshit. Right. And that pretty much. So, and the crazy part is about that situation is that we never had that conversation again. Never. We never brought it up again. You just made the decision to go to wholesale. There was no, there was no like, oh, I'm sorry that, you know, I said that and then I left you there. And there was no me going to her and saying, mom, like, I can't believe you just left me there, blah, blah, blah. It was an awkward day, (laughs) you know, for me, not for her. She was completely fine. It was an awkward day for me because I was just like, man, Shay, you are a loser. Like you really did that. And you exposed yourself. Right. Like I felt even exposed to my own mother. I was just like, ah, like I just felt sick to my stomach. And I, and I told myself, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I can't, I can't, if I can't allow it, I can't allow my own mother is not even on my side with this. Right. Like that, that was embarrassing for me. You know, it was like, no one's like, you're not even on your own side. So it's like, for me at that moment, I made the decision. I said, no, you're given I knew I was given into fear, right? I was conscious enough and aware enough of that. And, uh, and I made the decision. I was like, no, this is, this is not going to ride, you know, because if it had any chance to ride, it was going to be my mother accepting that. So if she accepted that and let me not go to full cell, only God knows where my, I would be miserable right now. Yeah. Wow. So you just made the decision to go to full cell and how, how did you find full cell? Was that the, the scary experience or is that when you really started to like blossom and really find your stride inside your purpose? Uh, how did I find full sale? No, when, once you were at full sale, did you feel like that really opened up your sense of purpose and you felt like oh, you were yeah. actually so, yeah, living where you needed to be? Yeah. Full sale was interesting. So be better than you actually dawned with full sale, right? Uh, okay. Everything that be better than you is about and um, even the phrase itself. So all my life, you know, I've always been an observant child, you know, and I talk about that all the time, you know, but my observations and my questioning and my reflection always had to do with the outside world, you know, other people, right? I would observe other people and figure out why they did the things that they did, why they felt the way they felt, even with the animation, it's about other people, right? My study is about other people. So when I went to Full Sail, Full Sail is a very competitive school, which makes sense because uh, the industry, the entertainment industry is very competitive as well, right? So uh, when I went to Full Sail, I was very excited. My first day, I was super excited. Um, and I, all, I knew that everybody else was super excited too, right? So the first day of Full Sail is like a dream come true in itself because it was like the first day of the rest of your life. You know, everyone's there. They're excited about what's to come, uh, achieving their dreams and things like that. And there was a lot of excitement. And then after the first couple of days, anxiety started to set in, right? Things got really quiet, you know, within the students, because I think everybody felt the same thing. There's a lot riding on this, right? right. Everyone. And there's so many people at Full Sail. I had a hundred kids in my class. All of you guys think that you're going to be hired by like Pixar and Disney and stuff like that. Exactly. Everybody, that's what everybody's hoping for. And then, so as you get into more deeper into the program, and this only took a couple of weeks to happen, you start to realize you're like, oh no, everybody has the same goal. And now the, the mindset started to shift and I saw it, right? I saw the shift. Everybody started to get competitive with each other. 
Everybody wanted to be yeah. better than this person. You wanted to be better than that person. That my project has to look better than hers, right? And I saw that was the shift happening. And I told myself, you're right, because I already had a lifetime, you know, uh, obsession with observe observation. So I saw all of that quickly. And I told myself, I said, Shay, you're here to become an animator. You're here to learn animation. You're here to figure that out. And you have a goal in mind, right? And your goal is to be an animator at Walt Disney. If you get involved in this, because I saw what was happening. I said, you get involved in this, you're going to shut down, right? In, in any capacity, whether, you're, whether you fail, whether you lose your confidence, anything, right? You're going to shut down. The only focus that you need to have is how to be better than you. That's it. Forget everybody else. Wow. Forget the politics. Forget your project being better than that person. I said, just focus on being better than you. And that's where the dawn of uh, Be Better Than You came from. And that's when I had that, um, that epiphany, right, that changed everything. And I knew that all of my lifetime uh, practices of observation and reflection and questioning, that's when I turned it inward. And I started looking at myself and used all of my life work internally. And that's, that's when everything started to click for me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> so you, you, you separated yourself from the crowd and that competitive toxic like mindset. Right. Um, and then you you're just like, I'm competing against myself and myself only. Myself only like, at that point. And I even told myself, and I, I talk about this in the book It's one of my favorite lines is the moment, you, the moment you compete with somebody else, the moment you make the decision that you're in competition with somebody else, you've already lost. Right. Because at that right. point, your whole mindset has shifted right now. Your focus is on that person and their every move and what they're doing. So the moment you think yeah. that you're going to compete with somebody else, you've lost at that point. So you might as well not even continue to go. Right. Because your focus is not on you. Their focus is on themselves. And then also there's the factor of we're all unique individuals. Right. We all have we all have our own purpose in life. We all have our own unique destiny. So it sounds kind of stupid to compare yourself with somebody else's unique destiny. Yeah. So why, so there, so there really is no point in competing with somebody else. You can be inspired, right? You can be inspired and even motivated by the actions of others, but to compete, it makes no sense. Like it's, it's, it's absolutely redundant because that's something that they have to chase something that they're dealing with. And that, and that goes into just their, their story, their life, uh, with their, ta- their natural talents. You guys aren't the same. And it has nothing to do with better than the other person. You guys just aren't the same. So there's no point in competition. So you said you're a very observant person your whole life. Um, I, I guess I'm curious about the nuances you observed between kind of your mindset and their mindset. Did you feel like, you know, you, know, you have this, this room of people that are, um, have the same goal. That goal is a unique goal. It's very different than the rest of the world. It's saying, I'm going to be a, an artist. I'm going to be an animator. I'm going to work for you know, the biggest production places. So it, it would seem on the outside they're living within their purpose too. Did you feel like they were or, or maybe were, they were living in, in a passion and that's maybe different than purpose? What, what did you notice about you know, their differences? Right. Uh, that's, that's really tough to answer, to right. be honest with you, because it's case by case. Because as you, as you were actually saying that and finishing your thought, a whole realm of people came into my mind, right? Some that I feel like truly were some I feel like wasn't wasn't really sure they were just kind of going that path 
just to kind of feel like they have something going on with their life or at least and then the people that you know that are really trying but they just they just couldn't and they found it that wasn't you know what their passion was or what their purpose was and those are two different things right so uh there's a lot of there's a lot of realm of possibility as far as what the other person was experiencing i've experienced a lot uh, but for me personally, knowing, separating myself uh, as far as observing other people versus observing myself, I realized how much power I had. Yeah. Once I turned all of that inward, I realized how much, how, how powerful I was. I realized that I was getting what I wanted out of life. I was getting what I wanted out of interactions. I was getting what I wanted uh, just in general, like the, like the energy that I had once I put all of my life's work into myself, into studying myself, it got scary. Like it got really scary. And sometimes it's, it's, it's still scary. What's so scary right? about because it? The scary part about it is, is how much power you realize you have. Right. And, and, it, and it's and it goes into understanding who you are. Right. So, like I said, all this work that I did of other people studying other people and even within animation is like studying other personalities. Once I turn that into myself, I'm like, OK. Now that I understand my where I stand, now that I understand my triggers, now that I understand my personality, why now I understand my thought process and why I act the way that I act it gave me a lot of power because first of all, already kind of had a very, kind of had a very, uh, a familiar, uh, a familiar like relatability with other people, right? Because that's what I've been studying my whole time, my whole life. And what I've grown to learn is that we're all, we're all the same. We're, we're all just an, we're all an expression of the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Our expressions are different, but we're all the same, right? So once I, like, I've had a lifetime work of uh, studying outward, but then once I studied inward and got an understanding of myself, it gave me an advantage of everything else outside, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Right? Now, cause, because I understand myself so much, I know what to do when I walk into unfamiliar territory. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because I understand that we're all an expression of the exact same thing. So um, one thing I mention a lot is like uh, whether you're, you're watching a movie or you see a painting or you read a book, right? Uh, you understand genres, mm -hmm. right? So let's say scary movies, right? That's a good that's a good genre to choose. We all understand how scary movies operate, mm -hmm. right? There's always a nice story. You know, maybe there was a girl, a creepy girl with long hair or something like that. You know, she was very sweet and innocent. She came from a family and then her family, maybe her mom died or something like that very tragically. And now she turns into this, you know, kind of crazy, you know, personality where now she wants revenge or something like that. Right. And then she starts killing people, Who knows, right? And then maybe she turns into a ghost, you know, that's another, another plot. You know, we understand all the different plots that can happen in a scary movie, right? Now we may not be able to pinpoint exactly how it's going to go, what color schemes, what the girl's going to look like, what the father's name's going to be. We may not know the nuances of it, but we understand the plot. Yeah. Right. So when it comes to me studying myself, I realized I had so much power because I've spent a lifetime studying plots. Wow. Right. Yeah. So now I'm in a situation where I only see the nuances now. Okay. Between myself and others. So it's like, and that's why I tell people all the time, it's like, we're all an expression of the same thing. So once you understand yourself, the more you understand yourself, the more you're going to understand about everything because it's all just, it's all just an expression, just like a movie. You can predict what's going to happen in the movie. You can predict what somebody's going to do as well. You pay enough attention, you can call every you can call every shot 
as as that as it's going right either as the movie's going or as that person is going through their experience wow oh wow that's amazing thank you for listening to part one of this interview with shay stone on understanding your purpose finding it and knowing when you have found it be sure to listen to next week's episode as we wrap up our conversation with shay talking about her book be better than you her thoughts on dealing with delays and being stuck while you pursue your goals and much much more